1: Live from the 6th and Peabody Studio and across the Outkick Network, this is Outkick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski.
2: Just like that. Just like that. Second hour is here. Outkick 360 rolls on. Big thanks to the Outkick crew for making it happen today. We're not leaving. No, we're staying. 6th and Peabody. People are arriving. We're not leaving. People yeah. are
3: arriving. Yeah. People, people are flooding
0: into this place.
2: Sixth and Peabody
3: is hype. Vibes are strong on Fridays. Friday is Peabody. the
0: day that makes me question if anyone works.
2: Well, Friday, well, it's it, it's all out of towners
3: at this time. But of
0: day. in their town, they don't work. They just have time off. Tonight, nilly-nilly.
2: it's and tonight. There, uh, people are coming to town for Super Future special guest, um, Charlotte's Web tonight. Trick or Beats. They? Trick or Beats two. Through Avery Entertainment at Sixth and Peabody. This is where,
0: where we really need go, uh, Jacob Swanson around. Yeah.
3: <laughs> to just Jacob, come here and tell us I, about
2: Charlotte's Web. So their their logo. Did you see their live show? The I Canary could not Ballroom? read. I could not read Charlotte's because it's not spelled like the movie I was looking at. And then luckily, I looked down at Web. I'm like, oh, this is Charlotte's. I was going to say.
0: I, I was going to say. There's a lawsuit coming. You
2: see it. Yeah. So it's spelled, anyway. With S H. Yes. Um, and other
0: varieties of thank letters. You. I was going to say, there's going to be a lawsuit if it was spelled traditional fashion. Here's my question. A couple Fridays ago, they had the huge thing with the monster trucks and a concert outside, but the weather yes. was threatening. And they How still, did they the weather end up going? It cleared out,
2: and they had a massive throwdown. Because they had a it lot, lot biggest, of tickets sold. Bailey's it was their biggest Wednesday it. ever. Yes. Oh, that was a Wednesday? <laughs> I stuck around and watched it. It was like two He's two thousand. Yeah, two thousand people. It was great. If you have not been to Six and Peabody you if you're visiting get Nashville, get here and join us. Get yeah, here before come five. Over. Hang out. We'll do a cheers at the end of the show and we'll tell you what else is going on here at Six and Peabody. Come in, Events take a every picture. day. Events every day.
3: And, and tell us. You know, hit us up on Twitter, let us know, Instagram, Facebook, wherever that hey, I'm gonna be in town or I plan on coming down there on a Thursday or Friday. Let us know. We'll well will assign we'll some time to, to hang out for another 15, 20 it's minutes of no, the show. It's,
2: always, it's not always adults only. Like they're doing a uh, Hocus Pocus movie night here next Wednesday, for are instance, they? on the outdoor screen. Yeah. No, they have family movie night. Dogs yep. are allowed, by the way. That's another thing. It's bad for my allergies. I'm going to a Hocus Pocus week. bar tonight as part of a party. Interesting. What do you think about that, Chad?
3: What? Um, I don't love it. I'm not going to lie, but I will say... And that's say, his way of saying he hates it. My seven-year-old daughter is now into Hocus Pocus, and she, she started with Hocus Pocus too.
0: There's a, so They're, very playing both. They're
3: playing both next week. And then went back to Hocus Pocus. What are you doing next she, she I've never seen it. Hocus Pocus. So my knowledge of Hocus Pocus was... You would like it. On, I want to say it came out like 95, 96, right, right, right around there. Yeah. So I was like a teenager, not uh, a teenage male that would not be watching Hocus Pocus. I remember my best friend, Jake, his little sister, Lindsay, was 11 or 12. And her and her friends would all be watching Hocus Pocus. Well, we'd spend the night at Jake's house. She'd have her eleven-year-old friends over. They're watching Hocus Pocus in their room, and in
0: the other room, you're watching things that we can't. We're speak watching,
3: of. Uh, you know, the program. Barbed wire in the other room. We're watching the program and trying Barbarella. to figure out how to get how to get roids <laughs> yeah. over so we can be better for our, our junior high this, basketball. This was the season. benefit
2: of having younger siblings, uh, Michael and Amy. I would always uh, four years or six years younger than me, so I would get all that. So I watched Hocus Pocus, you know, all all yeah. of it. And, to play uh, alone. Yeah, so I, awesome. I'm all in on the movie night next Wednesday. You should bring Evie? Yeah, I will. Paul, you should bring Simon next Wednesday? I don't think Simon's going to like I don't know, know like if I could fire spokers.
0: Simon up for it.
2: It's not that scary.
0: No, not the, the scary thing. It's yeah. actually it's fun. Like, Evie, I got, Evie
3: would love it. I mean, she would watch some of the movie and then also just want play, to do everything you think oh, else gonna,
2: You think he's going to be bored? Well, he can go in and play NBA Jam.
3: Yeah, Simon. Simon would be bored with a movie as a 13-year-old boy, but he would find plenty of other activities. I'll play horse with
2: him. Mortal Kombat. Bat.
3: We can play ping pong.
2: Free I'll, arcade here, by the way. Paul, I will gladly
3: dominate your son in ping pong if you want a lesson taught about life and, and humility. I can do that for you. He uh, Whatever you want to play.
0: He had much better success yesterday gripping a bat and throwing than he anticipated, but still uh, he will be used strictly as a pinch runner. Uh, tomorrow in games at two and six. How do you like that gap? That's a tough. And so, Dad, well, whose Yankees are playing a crucial game tomorrow, at what Mom time? has uh, at four o seven. Mom has really taken the brunt of the baseball well, and everything. So well, your I'm taking him. First game should be over at four. Yeah, right? well, I'll be watching it on an iPad out there, but I will not be I watching it in the luxury of the situations I I'm got used you. to.
3: So I would go. I'm taking him to watch him p- pinch run. Paul, I would try to go dark if I were you. Only because you can do it. as a Yankees fan this, in Tennessee, here. I think you can do it for baseball. Yes. It would be I, I looked at every scenario when Tennessee played Florida. If we had that two thirty or three PM game of trying to go dark on it, but I'm thinking it's gonna be impossible.
0: I could just watch it. Because everyone there, Chad. in the
3: crowd is watching on their phone or they're connected to a game like that locally in some way. And someone's gonna tip me off to something they're not unknowing that I'm trying to go. But dark. Simon's
0: team, the aces aren't even playing until six, and I don't even have to have my head totally in that because he's only pinch running, so I can That's watch true. it starting at four oh seven on my iPad and go from there i can't not be on twitter for that long and i follow too much on twitter that yankees related
3: that's fair I'd, I'd love to get into a, a that's complete, fair. I, i'm basing off of what
2: i would see on twitter i'd love so yeah. to go into
3: a complete dissection of how avoidance. people watch games and avoid how with little kids sports especially parents of little kids with activities how you either watch or don't watch because with me with like tennessee football Is the one thing? There's only twelve of them, right? You know, baseball is one thing. I can go away and I can catch back in or see some of it, not all of it. But with that, I have to be locked in. Yeah. So even tomorrow morning, Tennessee plays UT Martin, and we have a fall festival at church we're going to. And I told them, I said, "We'll go till 11:30. I'm just not going to have anyone say anything, and not have my phone out, and I will start from the beginning and fast forward a bunch." I'm expecting to fast-forward a lot through that game, right? But I do have to lock in from the start of the game to the end, even if I'm fast-forwarding through the commercials. Will they
2: play another quarterback other than Joe Milton?
3: Yes. I'd be shocked if they don't. Who is it? Taven Jackson would be the next guy up. Uh, Navy Shuler,
2: Heath Shuler. That's who I'm hoping to watch. That's why I wanted to be That's why, good.
3: Yeah, I think if all goes according to plan, I mean, Hendon Hooker would be out at halftime at the latest. And then it's Joe Milton for a quarter. Then it's a combination of Taven Jackson and Navy Shuler. So for Heath the Shuler board.
0: didn't like the Army or the Marines or the Coast Guard?
3: What do you oh, – oh, with the
0: – Navy Shuler uh, didn't like Army, Marines, Coast Guard. Yeah,
3: I was try, trying to go with the joke there. Apparently he's a seaman. He's a man of the sea. So and he, he also likes the whole Navy. Navy. That's what we, I immediately thought. About remember we like, asked him about this. And he gave us an answer on the name, <laughs> I feel like. His brother's name is Benji. So Benji Shuler was a starting receiver at Tennessee right after Heath was there, and then his son is Navy.
0: Benjamin. I mean, I'm sure it's Benji. Benji to me is a is a dog in the movie (laughs) Benji when I was a kid. Which I turned Simon on way too early, and there's a dog. Even
2: in in the kid's movie, the dog is based on a man's name.
0: Also in real life.
2: Presumably. I mean. They did (laughs) presumably Presumably. that's fair. Heath is a strong
3: name. I I really like that. Like Heath Shuler. Terrific name.
1: Is
0: it biblical?
3: I don't think, it's, I don't think it doesn't biblical, have to be biblical, biblical to be strong.
0: Game. Heath, Heath is, is a strong, strong. name.
3: Heath shuler's is a strong name. Navy shuler a strong name. With all due respect to Heath's brother Benji, where's Nebuchadnezzar, Benji That's so <laughs> yeah, That's a
0: strong, a strong name in the old t- in the shuler. olden times no. in the in the times of yore. But then the New Testament came and replaced the Old Testament. <laughs> I look See? forward
3: I look forward to greeting Methuselah Koharski yes, well, yes. at some point.
0: Simon, one of the 12. See how that works. That's good. That's good.
2: Uh, Nick Saban, Nicholas. <laughs> Nicholas. Um, here's what keeps him up at night. He was on his coach's show. I enjoy only a handful of coach's shows. And normally it's because of the terrible callers and not the answers. There are a handful of coaches, though, that will tell you some really interesting tidbits about – the inner workings behind a program. Saban's one of them, and he went into detail on his coaching show about this week coming off the loss where what has kept him up at night this week going into Mississippi State is not the Bulldogs. It's about the morale of the locker room based on the negativity of losing a game. Think about that. Losing a game on the road and the social media reaction, if you compare it to the social media reaction of the, the Vols, Luckily, they have UT Martin this week, right? Yeah. If we're just being honest. They don't have Kentucky this week, it's UT Martin. There was gonna be a letdown coming off of that emotional high. Saban said he's been doing a lot of thinking about all the external factors that can creep into players' mindsets. The anxiety that can uh, happen from external factors and how it impacts the outside noise that they hear on social media. Saban said it's kept him up at night this week so he spoke to leadership and his leadership group about it within the team the psychological standpoint he stressed is he wants players to take a more positive approach this week behind the scenes and in the locker room and have more fun there's too much concern with failing based on what happened in knoxville as opposed to playing to win
0: I, I mean that's really that first part there's too much concern with failing I think that's absolutely true it's a very rare thing around here on the rare occasion that it happens let's not obsess about it but that's a very reasonable stance and I'm not a saving guy and I don't like most of what he says and how he bosses people around with what they have to I think that's a, especially with behave. the media I don't like his right. handling with the right. media so I
2: think it's a, a front facing aspect of him
3: yeah. behind the scenes but that's very
0: reasonable what he said yeah about.
3: I I I love Nick Saban more and more over the years for things like this, because there's one thing about Saban that I think he's a pretty genuine guy in a lot of areas. He is who he is. He's not fake or phony or trying to be something he's not. But when he talks about the process and not being overly concerned with results or winning or losing, just focusing on your job and what you have to do on every play and getting better every day, I I buy it because of his reaction to things like this. Right? He's he's saying he's he's been through everything possible as a coach and he's saying it's very rare that we lose. So it's important to keep sight of we lost the game in the end 52 to 49. Almost kind of joking like god, it was a great game. We scored 49 points. We lost 52 to 49. Came down to two field goals. To a really good team who played well. It was a great environment. We can't get overly hung up on oh my gosh, we're Bama and we lost. And I think it's a good lesson for Bama fans, quite frankly, in perspective. The perspective is, look at Tennessee's reaction to beating Bama for the first time in 15 years and understand... What a
0: holiday.
3: This is a top 10 all-time winning college football program yeah. that just beat you for the first time in 15 years. And it's a moment as a grad I will never forget, ever. Everything about fans, that game I'll never forget. And I, Chad, I to think Bama point. fans, I think Bama players, and I think what Nick Saban's guarding against Hutton is... Let's not forget about how special these games are, but also that you played hard, you played well at times, we made a ton of mistakes, we lost a game. Deal with it, let's get better, let's focus on some of the positive, and let's rebound. And this is what I know about Nick Saban too. They will rebound. That's why I I picked them to cover the
2: 21 against Mississippi State. Same, I expect them to. We also know that Will Rogers is very capable of slinging it when they're on. Now it's very hot and cold. But it's not like they're playing UT Martin. Yeah. Like no offense to U T Martin. It's just a different, no it's a different mindset this they week. They have to be right. Immediately jump back into the five. It'd
3: be the same as Tennessee going immediately to Kentucky. Right, right. Who, right. Kentucky, you know, this is Mississippi State Super Bowl. It's gonna be Kentucky's Super Bowl against Tennessee a week from now because it's their chance to salvage their season and then some.
2: And you're you're to defending upset the,
3: Tennessee who's trying to win a national title. And it's not, point, right? it's not
2: the Tennessee offense, but you're, you're, you're defending the air raid. It's four wide, five wide, and they're going at the safeties the same way Tennessee did.
0: Just a bit more on the Sabin reasonable tone struck here. It makes me that much more um, uncomfortable with his tone on stuff like the rat poison. Because why can't he just say to his team, hey, this is what you're going to hear out there. But this is what we know in here. As opposed to lecturing the media and saying, just don't say that because it it feeds into stuff that my boys are going to hear.
2: That's fair. But he has to do that like 12 times every season. And at some point, you've got to change the message so that you don't buy into this is really easy because we're Alabama.
0: But he's too worried about what's being written and said and and done as opposed to keeping it. Our problem. but the, what's It's written, our problem to yes. deal with what they write. See, it's I, not their problem about writing it. I but
3: prefer more of an Arthur Smith approach when he said, I, we don't care because you guys have buried us three times already. Write whatever you want and move on. So say, well, you say we lose. don't care because you're going to say that. Well, you could say we don't
0: care because you're going to pretend like this game is over, but we know we have to play. I it.
3: don't want Nick Saban lecturing the media. So I would rather he just say... We know we can't control what you're going to do and write. Here are my complaints about things being written. But I tell my guys, don't worry about it. Right? You're going to do your job. We're going to do our
0: job. And we have to take South Alabama very seriously in order to win this game. But it's not even
2: the the rat poison can be against LSU honestly, right. this year. Like, it doesn't have he's to gotten, be that. He's gotten a lot better about that, I think, over the years.
0: No, you've gotten a lot more used to it.
2: No, he still uses it. But, but I, I, don't, I don't disagree with him, though. Like, it, it's a butt of a joke. But those guys, all these five stars have never faced, uh, in, in high school, very rarely will you have a five-star athlete that faces failure more often than success. Right? Oh, for sure. The five-star very rarely has a losing record in high school. And for like so when you come to Alabama, you're getting all this praise. You've been recruited, not not de-recruited. And there there has to be some semblance of, okay, welcome to the big show. And here's here's the bar, and then you start winning, and you're 7-0, 8-0, 9-0. And then you have to worry about distraction. And Saban is always gunning for perfection. So in order to do that, he has to point to the successful mentality and say, don't listen to all of those who love you. And this week, it's the opposite, which is going to, I think, resonate better than the rat poison conversation because it's new.
3: Yes. Well, it's also at That's Alabama, right. it's, it's generational success with Saban. So he took over in 07. They won their first national title in 2009, in year three. They won their last one, I mean, bracketed by all those titles in 2021. 2020. 2020. Was their last one. Then, you know, Georgia won last year. So you have 15 years of institutional knowledge of so many players that come and go that everyone is passing the baton to the next of when you come to Alabama, you're a four or five star guy, typically that you won in high school and you choose Alabama because you choose to never lose or almost never lose. So there's a psychology with that, right? Those guys pass it on to the next class, the next one after that. They're never expecting to lose. So it is a shock to the system for Alabama, for their fans, for everyone when they lose a game. I mean, look, it was a shock to the system when Tennessee, they beat Bama. It's not just winning a top, you know, beating the number three team in America. They beat Bama. If that team was Clemson or, you know, Kentucky in a great year or name, it doesn't matter as much as beating Bama. And beating Bama is beating Saban, and that's exactly. the big deal. Exactly. So Saban understands that he's not going to talk about Tennessee, it a lot. For
2: Tennessee, that was 2001, the last I, time I they beat Saban. I think he did Saban, a good right? job
3: giving Tennessee all the credit in the world for it and talking yeah. to his team about it. I mean, he's not ducking it necessarily, but to me, that's the shock to the system for anyone in that program. And we look at it and say, "Well, that's ridiculous." Because look around college football, at the guys I'm watching Georgia Tech and Virginia last night. And I'm watching Georgia Tech play hard late. Their defense played great. They lost like 16-9. to 9. And I'm thinking, you know, good for those guys that are out there busting it for their school in a year where their coach has been fired and their offense can do nothing. But they're out there playing football trying to win. Like that's, that's what's great about yeah. sports too. But, but It's not just Alabama winning every game and then we pity them because they lost most, one game.
2: In most weeks, Saban is coaching against his roster – and not the opponent in most weeks. Yeah. And the, the, the opposite is for 97% of college football. You're coaching against the opposite sideline. So I, I, don't, I don't jump all over him for the cliche stuff whenever he's speaking to the locker room through the media. See, but, I don't think but, he's
3: even that cliche anymore when he's speaking to the media. He says well, But things they're, now.
2: But they're, they're losing, though. That, yeah, that's the difference. In the last two years, they've lost to A and M, Tennessee in the regular well, season. Well, losing. Well, yeah, but yeah, they lost three games. But in the last that's how you years. get their attention. Yeah, you know, he doesn't have to say this now. And by
3: the way, they won the SEC title a year ago. I again, know, I know, beating Georgia.
2: I know, and even when they're really bad, seventeen turnovers, penalties, turning the football over, uh, mental errors. They're not errors. winning this year. But they're, but they're. I mean, they're right there. They're in games. It still takes a last-second field goal to beat them. That's they're how not good winning they
0: are. the SEC or the national championship this year. We'll to see. either
2: Tennessee or Georgia? Yeah. It's going to be... I, I, would, I, I would.
3: mean, put the my penalties, money on the, right receiver, now,
0: the, the receiver not being the, the so, same caliber. So to that but point, I'm glad you brought ago, that up.
2: They only have and one, they destroyed Georgia in one the, time, the SEC championship. One time has a receiver gone over 100 yards in a single game yeah, for they, Obama. Bama.
3: That's, that's, the, that's the issue. They don't have three first-round
2: picks at receivers. And that year. was our pre, preseason topic on them, was they're replacing these guys with this group are they going to reach these numbers and they're not and they're not but they still have bryce young and you see what bryce young means to all of that
3: and oh by the way they tried to replace that production of receiver by bringing in a georgia transfer receiver who just hit a girl on his way off the right. field right. in knoxville so there is something to be said about culture and about bringing in the right people and making sure they fit and when you're not in the bama system to start where you typically sit the first year and then work your way into that rotation, issues can arise. I'm not saying they made the wrong decision by allowing Burton some good to come in. Too, but yes. Anyone would have taken them,
2: but these are some of the things that can happen when you do that. Coming up, we preview Sunday's top games across the National Football League on Outkick 360.
1: What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. From Sixth
2: and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. This is Outkick 360. Hutton Withrow and Koharski with you. We're talking NFL this hour as we go through the top games for Week Seven across the National Football League. It's already started. Arizona wins last night over New Orleans with a couple pick sixes in that game, and DeAndre Hopkins makes a difference. Some man. points in it a Thursday night game. It is unbelievable how effective he is in his first game back in a week where they did walkthroughs because of the short week. They didn't do anything in practice, and he's right back in there. Here are your top games. We'll start with the game right here in Nashville. And you say, oh, of course you do. Well, this is the only game that features two teams with winning records of any game across the slate this weekend. The Colts on the road here in Nashville. Titans favored by two points. And the Titans coming off the bye week, the Colts coming off a week where they got things together. They showed some grit late in the game to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars.
0: Look, that's a big one. I, I took my notes today at lunch. Uh, I had a sandwich at Jason's Deli. And uh, oh, I, I, look didn't, at this. I didn't have any, uh, any paper, so I was doing that's some awesome. reading on my phone. and uh, I got It's got all on the here. napkin.
3: Yeah. This seems like the origin story of the next great rock and roll hit that was written yeah. on that napkin right there, the way you showed that. This is going to be auctioned off one day for millions of dollars.
0: Yeah, I thought we should put it in the museum. Yeah. Um, Titan's... Uh, giving up 7.9 yards per pass attempt. So Matt Ryan, if he wants to pick up where he left off, look, the Titans are giving up a ton of big pass plays. The Colts are deficient at receiver or were deficient at receiver like the Titans are, but Pittman's coming on. Alec Pierce is coming on. Even Paris Campbell, who's been a failure, is coming on based off of this big game they had last week. How can they meld what they did last week? with their more traditional running offense. Well, Jonathan Taylor only averages 3.5 yards a carry against Tennessee. So it's very interesting to see how they put this together. The other thing is the Titans had a hell of a time with Mo Alley-Cox in the original game a month ago. Yeah, He, he had two touchdowns against them. Yep. Crossing routes killed them. Grantham and Gransom and uh, Jelani Woods also coming on. Three-headed tight, uh, tight end monster. These are all elements I'm looking at in this game here at Nissan Stadium on Sunday. It is
3: incredible, by the way, all the talk about Jonathan Taylor versus Derrick Henry. And head-to-head, Henry has done some things. Jonathan Taylor does nothing against the Titans. By the way— Pretty consistently, I I feel like he does nothing against this Titans team. On the
0: Derrick Henry front, he's in the midst of a five-game stretch. It's the worst rushing five-game stretch he's had since 2019— When Ryan Tannehill took over in the middle of that five-game stretch, he's the fifth worst of qualified backs in his per-yard average, over a half a yard worse than league average. They need better. They need home runs from Derrick Henry. They're not getting home runs in the passing game, and they're not getting them from Henry either. Part of that's his offensive line, which again is minus Nate Davis.
2: He's been rolled out? Yeah. The Titans have scored just 14 points in the second half all season.
0: Colts have given up six in the fourth quarter all season.
2: And the Colts score a ton in the fourth. So, so it's, it's it's lopsided there. And then going back to Henry. If you want the Titans to win, have a big lead at halftime. They were 24 the nothing
0: key. last game, and they won 24-17. Well, 17. I won 24 24-10, yeah. I think. Something small. Yeah.
2: 41 carries for 94 yards. That's not over like a couple weeks. That's the entire season for Derrick Henry in the second half. 41 carries for 94 yards. I mean,
0: their formula for his entire career since he became the big guy is second half, but that, he
2: wears people down and rolls them. That tells me, though, like that's not on Henry because he's had yeah, he nearly had – he was either right at 100 or just over 100 um, in the previous game against the Colts in the first half. And then he ended with like 114 yards total in look, the second they've, half. They've
0: got one spot on this offensive line Sunday that It's not a question mark. It's Ben Jones, a center who's aging.
2: Indy has a minus 29 points off turnovers on the season. So if they turn it over the Titans are winning. But the formula is just can they be patient in the passing game? Can Frank Reich actually just go through the run game now that Jonathan Taylor's back and not throw it as much as they were trying to do with Carson Wentz and then take advantage of a Titan secondary when it matters? I think they I think they do.
0: Or maybe they should throw it like crazy like they did last week. If they the question though is if they can hold up Simmons and Autry in the middle, and they probably can't. What does
2: this, you, you know, this has been kind of my soapbox thing. What does this game mean for
0: Frank Reich? I, I think this is a pivotal game for the Colts. They win this game. I think we have to call them legit in the division. All of this conversation uh, in the division. Of course. If they lose it, the Titans are in the position they were in last year. It's not as big a lead, but they're in control. I mean, they'll, they'll have the tiebreaker, and, uh, and they'll have a lead.
2: Sneaky good game. Falcons on the road in Cincinnati, three and three against three and three. Both teams are playing well, just in opposite ends of the the offense. Interesting matchup because Burrow is hitting his stride since the four interception week one fiasco against the Steelers. He's thrown just one interception. He's thrown for 10 touchdowns. Meanwhile, the Falcons run it and they run it well. And the the Bengals are awful at stopping the run. The Falcons can't rush the passer. So the Bengals are going to be able to have time to throw it. So what gives here? Because the the Bengals theoretically should score fast. Meanwhile, Atlanta can control time of possession with their run game.
0: Marcus Mariota in Atlanta's three wins has attempted, not completed, attempted 20 passes, 19 passes, 14 passes.
2: Even 13 to 14 last week
0: yeah so we know the shape of a Falcons win and they don't have their best running back Patterson's on on IR Atlanta's got a banged up secondary that to me could be a key here for Burrow getting going because their coverage people are thinned out
2: but without Patterson even without him yeah, and he, he factored it. in for one game over the last four games they've averaged 175 yards rushing per game can and we M- I, and Marcus I, has run well. I know yeah. Patterson's
3: on IR right now but can we give some love to that story that 2012 was a long time ago when he was in college for one year at Tennessee yeah and he has batted around the league as a receiver as a Swiss Army knife type guy and Arthur Smith saw him and said you mean this running back well, one over of here and then resigned One him of this his year. assistants.
0: Was it Dave Ragone? Was he in since in, in Chicago? Yes. Yep. It was Dave Ragone who was a, a an assistant coach here in Tennessee, which is where Arthur Smith got to know him, hired him there and Dave said,
2: But I really
3: think it's a it's a we case We can do something with yeah, this guy. Yeah, it's a case Paul of Square just untapped potential based on coaches not really knowing he's what to do with player. him. player. Let's find out You know something. what this is? Just get him the ball. I mean, they're, that's what he was at Tennessee, and that's what he's been in the league, but no one really knew how to do it,
2: really, until Arthur Smith now, and he's one of the they, best running backs in the league when healthy. So it's all about the playoffs. I get it, and I agree with that. What they're doing in Atlanta is no different than what the Oakland A's got famous for with Moneyball, because they got rid of Julio Jones. They had nothing had no salary cap whenever <laughs> Arthur Smith took over. Got rid of Julio Jones for a second round pick, but again, they ate the salary and the hit. Matt Ryan, they're paying, they're getting what, 20 something million cap hit? This Might be 28. Year? Yeah, this year for trading him when they could have just kept him and had the same issue. Lost Calvin Ridley. Yes.
0: And have adapted to what, that.
2: But last year, they were <laughs> in the playoff mix with two weeks to go and this year, they're at, 500, no Which different the whole than the rest is. of the
0: division. No different than the rest it's, of the league.
2: It is, it, and they just beat the 49ers.
0: Yeah, it's a very play. good win. I mean, very it was a
2: solid win. win. I, I give them a ton He's of a good credit. Coach. I give I them mean, a ton of credit. And they don't even have the, t- the full arsenal yet. I mean, they got Mariota at quarterback, and their defense, again, depleted. They don't have much at all with Dean Pease there. Uh, moving on, um, going to the third best game of the week, 425. We've got the Seahawks and Chargers, uh, both of these teams surprising in different ways. Seahawks, of course, for obvious reasons, where they're tied atop the division with their record. The Chargers at 4-2, and two, but it doesn't feel like it based on how we've seen them play in, in certain ways. They're benching J.C. Jackson. Uh, there are some games where, uh, what, a week and a half ago, we see their, Herbert throws for like 50 passes but doesn't throw for a touchdown on Thursday night football. And, and here they are, the Chargers, with a chance. They're, they're tied right now atop their own division with the Chiefs.
0: I had read it was the highest over-under of the week, but I'm looking now and seeing uh, Falcons and, and Bengals is higher. Uh, I expect it to be to be up there. Gino, um I can't read my handwriting on that. Herbert's due for a big breakout here. We know he didn't have a touchdown pass last week. He He's had... Uh, one or none, very rarely two. They have not been what they need to be on offense. And injuries um, are big here uh, for him. Uh, Expect big from Mike Williams because Parham's hurt. Um, Allen still has that hamstring. Yep. Um, your guy Palmer played 81 snaps after apparently suffering a concussion, which landed him in protocol. Yep. Their weapons are in a state of disarray. But oh, meanwhile, Geno's good versus man coverage, and the Chargers play the third most man coverage in the league. So that's a favorable matchup for Seattle. And unless Seattle the Chargers allows change it points
2: up. that only two teams have scored less than 27 points on them this season. Yeah, there's going to be points in this game.
3: game. This is the other side of the Russell Wilson indictment at this point in his career is that he left and was traded away, and we all mocked the Seahawks all offseason, thinking they, they were going to be great terrible. Team.
0: They weren't a great team with him last year. Weren't a great year. team
3: last year, and then Geno Smith comes in and the offense is magically better. And he's having a good year, quietly having a very good year.
0: Pete Carroll and John Schneider look very it good. It
3: shocks now. me because I've always been a big Russell Wilson guy, but... If you're looking at storylines, the other side of the Broncos sucking and Russell Wilson being bad is this Seahawks team with
2: Geno Smith doing as well as they are. Crazy. Chiefs and 49ers. San Francisco returns home after spending two weeks on the East Coast. And the Chiefs are coming off the loss of the Bills about to go into the bye week. Of course, the 49ers getting Christian McCaffrey and... They've, they've got an offense led by uh, a, a number of different receivers, but also focused on the run through Debo Samuel and others. It's, uh, it, it's an offense that plays off their defense very well. Nick Bosa remains on the injury report, but uh, did more this week than he did last week. The more
0: I've looked at this, uh, just stuck my pen somewhere, um, it's, it's San Francisco's just beat up. On defense, uh, it is it is the wrong time for them to be playing the Chiefs. I think they're in trouble here because uh, you know they lost the a cornerback, their second quarterback. I think is a is a little bit dinged. Yeah, they um, down yeah.
2: safety Jimmy Ward as well. And
0: Garoppolo, um, you know, it doesn't put up great numbers, but he was uh, pretty good at Carolina, at Atlanta. Um, not great teams by any means, but he's efficient sometimes when when you need them
2: to be 49ers are so much better man for man than what they were given credit for even with Trey Lance yes you know and now that they've got Garoppolo Garoppolo's just not turning it over and he's just allow even if they're going to a punt situation it's at least five six seven plays on the drive before that it's not a three and out give it right back to Patrick Mahomes
0: mixed this Mixed is. reports on McCaffrey in this game. I don't see why you wouldn't give him four runs and three routes and play him 12 snaps. I'm playing him. You trade for
3: Christian McCaffrey, <clears throat> do something.
0: Yeah, give him a limited repertoire and get yeah. him out there.
3: Get him out
2: there. I, I agree. I, I would want to play him. i give him like a screen or two. Yeah, in the game, I don't I don't do anything sophisticated with this at no. all. Just like, hey, we're going to flare you out here and give you the football.
0: Get him the ball in space. That's what you got. And then,
2: you know, if he plays well, you keep doing it. <laughs> yeah, you keep doing it. Hey, we're going to expand this this playbook a little bit and give you a little bit more. And the Chiefs, by the way, they've uh, have a league worst one hundred and seven point five opponent passer rating. This this bodes well for Garoppolo without turnovers to just. Run the offense.
0: I, I think the 49ers might have to win it on offense, which is a hard thing to do against the Chiefs, obviously.
2: Sunday night football. Steelers on the road against the Dolphins. Believe it or not, Kenny Pickett has cleared concussion protocol after entering it last Sunday, this past Sunday against the Bucks. So, by all accounts, he's able to play Sunday night as we sit here on Friday. And we have Tua Tagovailoa coming out of concussion protocol last week. Available Saturday of last week, they didn't play him, and now he goes another full week of practice, and he's he's playing this week. Sunday night
0: football has three cameras on Tua at all times on this game, including when he's sitting on the bench, lest a bird come brushing by his head. <laughs> um, <clears throat> this is a crucial game for for the Dolphins, a to get to four and three instead of three and four. Huge difference there, as, as we know, and I think the Dolphins can get on track here. And, and start to get back to who they were through those early games where they looked like they could be you know, very close second-tier AFC team. I think they can be, but if something goes wrong with Tua here, God forbid, this whole season starts to come apart.
3: I'm looking forward to this game. I really am. As crazy as that sounds with Pittsburgh being as bad as they've been this year, and it's not just for the Tua part of this, <laughs> but Paul, I think you mentioned it earlier in the week, this was the story early on. It, it wasn't the Giants necessarily. wasn't the Jets. It was Miami and Mike McDaniel and what he was doing. And then it got sidetracked with the whole two-up situation. And then the Teddy Bridgewater situation on top of that. I want to see if they can regain some footing in this game. And for Pittsburgh, I mean, it's a chance to – Pittsburgh's done. Season's not over.
0: You if guys, they go in
2: and win this game, not That division over. is as wide open as – several in the league right now you
0: guys might have to let me know all about this game i might be watching the yankees last game of the year
2: something you we have not seen it's happened before something we have not seen in a long time in week seven look at the chicago bears injury report today whoa empty they tweeted this out there are no injuries to report for the chicago bears
0: well when you don't do anything on the field um, yeah, it's hard for anybody to help. So hurt. The, that, that's fantastic.
3: Chicago Bears do not know quarterback play, how to draft <laughs> one, or how to develop one, or how to help one. Uh, offense, big mystery to the Bears. Yep, yeah. but their physio staff is top notch. That's I like that's how what you I'm use seeing.
0: physio. It's that's, very European of you.
3: That's what I'm, I've been watching. Uh, Welcome to Wrexham, So that's why it's bleeding. It's all bleeding in right now. Two episodes left to finish. By this the way, season. I'm, Night Football, I'm well, well way. behind
0: yeah. you, but I saw two episodes that I thought were pretty bad. The, the game show episode or the late-night TV See, episode I, uh, Colin, I loved that one. I, oh, I loved thought it. That it was terrible.
2: Bears and Patriots this Monday night. No Paul's not a fan of creativity. <laughs>
0: no, I'm not a fan of he bad straight, creativity. Straightforward. Coming up. I want the team. Show me what's going on with the team.
2: Paul is a fan of great props, and he's got them for you. Props through DraftKings, Outkick.com. For the NFL weekend, we will follow his lead next on Outkick 360. Happy Friday to you. Outkick 360 rolls on across the Outkick Network. If you're listening, we thank you for that to this great radio station. And also, across the Outkick Network, streaming live at outkick.com. You can view us, and we hope that you will uh, watch, subscribe, and share the broadcast whenever you go back and do that. PK's got the... Plus money props for us this week. AlK.com slash bet is where you can play these exact same props that we will be doing this weekend.
0: Plus money props. A.J. Dillon running back for the Green Bay Packers. Under 42 and a half rushing yards. um, Plus 100. I I think here uh, he had 34 yards um, two games ago, 41 yards last game. I think they're trending towards Jones. Um, and I, I'd, I'd see him... They have
2: been d- doing that, but Jones has also not been doing well.
0: No. Yeah, they, they've not been running the ball particularly well, which is part of their problem. We'll see what um, Aaron Rodgers' simplification program looks like for both of these guys. They're but, on the road
2: uh, against Washington, so I, I, I tend to think they're going to choose one or, or the other and run the football. Yeah. You see,
3: the done. simplification process is the only thing that gives me pause about this bet. <laughs> if it was what they've been doing, I love it, but who knows what that means now moving forward? This
0: one I feel less good about uh, having uh, investigated this game further and, and gotten, getting a well, read on San Francisco's defense. Kansas City yeah. under and Heine- two and a sorry, half Heineke touchdowns. starting
2: too, so who knows?
0: Yeah. Kansas City under two and a half team total touchdowns. That's plus 110. If you're only going to bet three of these, leave that one out. Kareem Hunt of the Browns over two and a half receptions, plus 145 hunt um, has gone over this number half the time this year last week he didn't have a catch I think the Browns will make an effort to get back to him in this regard this week after getting away from him completely last
2: week and not being able to run it either with Nick Chubb last yeah. week so they want their backs to be yes, a big part have to, of the game to win
0: however they could get there this one is a little bit of a of a stretch but it's also big odds at plus 160. Detroit is at Dallas. We know this is a big game for the Cowboys, getting Dak Prescott back. We know the Cowboys have an excellent defense. I think New England showed them a path to absolutely shut down the Lions. I've got the Lions uh, under 1.5 team total touchdowns. I think the Lions uh, have another tough offensive day, this time against an even better defense than New England in the Cowboys. A.J.
2: Dillon, under 42.5 rushing yards. Kansas City, under 2.5 team total touchdowns. Kareem Hunt, over 2.5 receptions. And Detroit, under 1.5 team total touchdowns. That is your PK plus money props of the weekend for the NFL on Sunday.
3: I think in descending order, the ones I like the most, put that back up if you would, please. I can see it over here. Never mind. Kareem Hunt, I like the most. I'm going to go next to um, A.J. Dillon. Yes. Then Kansas City under two and a half. I do not like the Detroit under one and a half. Well, but total TDs.
0: I feel least good about Kansas City,
3: which would make sense also, by the way, because I think I just went by the. Odds. Well, I didn't. Well, I like Kareem up the best, and that's the second worst odds in terms of happening.
2: Detroit's interesting. They were just shut out by New England. They're and coming Dallas off. Dallas has though. a better defense.
1: Right. They're coming so off a bye, the, Detroit.
0: That's the one thing. So, what kind of work did they do during the bye to, to solve their issues? They have scored plenty. But, uh, I mean, I don't know. For plus one success, they're it's worth third in the, in the
2: NFL for offenses for scoring.
0: We'll see yeah. what but, Dallas but, knows.
2: And that, that's including the shutout against New England.
0: I will offer, thoughts. in my defense, it is harder and harder to find plus money.
2: Plus money on the props? Yep. Hit us up at OutKick360. OutKick.com slash bet is where you can go to join us. Paul was very, very up on the Yankees, especially in game one, especially in game one. Uh, Now down 0-2. What would you you say for the weekend for our, our, our betting audience?
0: Well, they cannot hit the Yankees right now. They are going home, and things are in their favor now in that they're home, and Garrett Cole, their ace, is throwing against Houston's third. They're going to have to hit Houston's third, but I'm confident Cole, who's thrown two terrific games against Cleveland. So I agree, uh, you know, if they can get to 2-1, then they've got their number two who's thrown very well, uh, Nestor Cortez on, on Sunday. So I don't think it's impossible to get to 2-2, but they got to heat up the bats, um, you know, and they didn't hit a home run last night. I think maybe for the first time in the postseason. That's their path. Wow. That's their path, um, and they gave up a three-run home run on, on one mistake to pitch. <laughs> it's Hutton's type of team, right there. You know Severino yeah. threw great, out. Yeah, and he threw one bad pitch here. That Cleans home run clear. last night by Bergman exit velocity was 85 miles an hour. That's less than average exit velocity on, on all hits. So it's crazy home run. It was just a very bad pitch.
3: It would be a pretty sizable upset, though, the way it's set up now for the Yankees to, to come lose back. Game 3. Yeah. To come back, yes. I mean, down 2-0. I got a
0: question for you it's guys. It's
3: against them, but I feel like they're going to get the win in Game 3. So
0: Astros' starting pitcher made two errors on the same play that set up the Yankees for their two runs. If the, the pitcher makes the errors, should those runs be earned?
3: Yes. That's a great point. Yes. They never were, even they thought were not. about that. They're earned, But yes, if it's on the pitcher, I think anything on the pitcher is earned.
0: Two errors. He dropped the ball, it, it losing a chance on, to go to second base, and then it he it threw the ball away. On the
3: ERA for earned runs if the pitcher is the one making the error. Yeah, that's funny. That's a great question. I've never even considered that, when the pitcher is the one making the error.
2: So he screws up the game, but if he he's in arbitration, it helps him. Right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's not going to hey, go against unheard. them.
3: It's it's the same as an error by the by third baseman,
2: else. or the. And right when fielder. you look at the number, you don't factor in who's.
0: Yeah. How'd you like that double play the Yankees turned?
2: Oh, it
3: was
0: with their new shortstop, who beautiful. should be their permanent shortstop. Well, it's the, one new of the shortstop,
3: best i season.
2: First play of the game or first out was a great pick. Yeah. that's short for the
3: out. He's
0: really slick.
2: It was even better because it was Altuve, who I know you hate.
0: Altuve is like oh for 22 in the playoffs.
2: Well, he was moving down the line.
3: Unfortunately. And he still got him out easily. They yeah. uh,
0: Unfortunately, they are winning with him doing nothing. <laughs> that's the problem.
2: I, I just hope for your sake, Paul, that you, know, you, you get to a situation where you could have a series 2-2 and Altuve doesn't wake up in New York and then On go Monday back to Houston. You know what I mean? <laughs>
0: I mean they really need to win three in a row They won three in a row plenty this year So,
2: Coming up Austin Price talks about the Tennessee Volunteers They've won six in a row That's next